Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi there, it's Jake Humphrey here. Welcome to this week's Premier League Tonight podcast. It's our weekly football debate show back for another podcast edition. And don't forget, you'll find us on iTunes, Acast and all other podcast providers every Saturday night. Joining me this week at Wembley Stadium for all the reaction to Saturday's Premier League matches on the best football debate show on TV, Jermaine Genus, Dean Saunders and of course the one and only Glenn Hoddle. Now don't forget, if you want to get involved in the show as one of our regular fan pundits, just email btsportfanpundit at gmail.com. We'd love to get you on the show in the coming weeks. But for now, enjoy the best bits on this week's podcast. Uh, let's look at the headlines then from the day. And it was uh, a really difficult day indeed for Roy Hodgson. No joy for Roy indeed. Meanwhile, very different as far as Manchester City are concerned because they were fantastic today. It was very 60 football. Um, And finally, Newcastle. They are flying along at the moment. They are over the tomb. Another win for them, so congratulations to them. Let's start, though, by talking about Crystal Palace, I'm afraid. And this is Alex Howell's day as a Palace fan. So it is our third home game, second manager of the season. Hopefully Roy gets us playing and we get our first goal, our first win and first points on the board. Come on boys. So it's half time, it's uh, 1-0 Southampton. You can see they're trying but we still haven't scored. So that's the end of that home game. We are struggling. Uh, five games, no points, no goals. Um, it's not looking great. It wasn't even that much better today under Roy. I know he's only had three days to go but... We've got tough three games coming up, and then after that, we can find ourselves cut adrift. Tough, United, then City, then Chelsea. Tough doesn't even begin to explain it. Here are the thoughts of Roy Hodgson after the game. I'm not suggesting that work we'll do on the training field will suddenly produce three or four Messi's and Ronaldo's in the next two or, two, you know, two or three months. You know, we have got the squad of players that we have. They've got their strengths and weaknesses. We need to be aware of those strengths and weaknesses. We need in training to try and improve the strengths and, and, and cover up maybe sometimes the weaknesses. It's five defeats. It's uh, zero points. It's a, a really tough program ahead if you look at the quality of the opponents. So it's painful today and I, I fear it's going to be painful in, in some of the moments going forward. Well, it could be those next three games, which we've already spoken about, are so difficult for them. This is from uh, Nick Harris on uh, Twitter. If you don't follow Nick, you really should, at Sporting Intel. Loads of really interesting stuff. But look at this. To put this in context for Palace, since 1888, there have been 2,465 teams starting top-flight English seasons. Palace are the first ever to lose their first five 
and to score none. And there's so much of it on social media. And um, we had a message from Ben Giesta who said, we had a choice of De Boer, Marco Silva or Maurizio Pellegrino. We took two months to pick. And who do we have in September? Roy Hodgson, my club, he says. And th the whole point about that and everything else that we're seeing here is the short-termism in football. You, how can you think short-term and expect to improve in the long-term? No, you can't. And um, what I would say, it, it, it's shouting out that, that they've panicked to me. Mm. You know, the De Boer situation was, was wrong, you know, on all accounts. I felt that, you know, four games is just absolutely ridiculous. There was, there's obviously a, a fallout somewhere along the line, but they've panicked. And they've just thought, right, what is out there? Who's available? Mm. And Roy Hodgson is the one that they've stumbled across. Now, the runner games he's got is an absolute joke. It's going to take a while. You know, it is. And they've just got to be patient now and stick with it. They are where they are. And, it's about, and they've just got to get behind Roy. You make a decision to bring Ronald De Boer in to play football, total football. Sam Allardyce got the ball forward quick, got the players. It took him eight games, by the way. It took Sam eight games to get him on mm. that wavelength. De Boer's tried at four games to get him playing football, which is nowhere near long enough. Roy Hodgson is that good a coach, he can play anyway. He'll look at the group now and have to make a decision. Are we getting it forward quick or are we going to play total football? And I'm, and I'm sure he'll get that. I mean, he's got a tough run of games to try it out in, but they've panicked. You need time. You need time. Frank De Boer needed time. I can relate to it. When I first went to Chelsea, I went from Swindon to Chelsea, I tried to change into a back three. I wanted to play a back three. So it was completely different to what they were used to there. Christmas, we were second from bottom. Christmas. I wouldn't have had that time, would I, in this no. era? And what happened? And we went to the cup final that year. Yeah. But the FA Cup final, we ended up 10th in the league. And there was a foundation for them to go on the next year. But it was time. You needed some time on that training ground and to get your principles and your ideas across. Total panic at Palace. But you can understand them in a way, going for Roy, because Roy will do what he did at West Brom and probably at Fulham and yep. make it very tight and bank them up and drop the striker in and be very difficult to beat, a little bit like we saw Swansea had to do today. Mm. I don't think Paul wants to play that every week and week in, but for a few weeks he's going to have to play that way. And that's survival down there at the bottom. You have to do that. I, fe I feel sorry for Roy in some ways because he's going to be lumbered with all the criticism that comes their way because the chances of them getting something from any of those next three games... It's going to be super tough. They could very easily be eight games in, not a single point on the board. And of course, what will everyone be saying? Well, you sacked Frank de Boer after four games without a win. Are you going to now do the same with Roy Hodgson? But Roy's in a position where you've had a Sam Allardyce team. You've then tried in two months to turn that into a total football Frank de Boer team. And now you've decided that's not going to work. So you, you give the job to Roy Hodgson. It's an almost impossible situation yeah, isn't it? to go in and be successful. Is there a football the manager after four games? I know. It's well, how can you? It's how can you? It well, look what you get. Look what's happened to Harry today. Harry Redknapp. He's There's gone. No in. patience left in football. Fourteen new players came into Birmingham over I, the summer, and they've yeah. given him this amount of time to get them yeah. playing football. Doesn't make sense. Look, these three games that are coming up are—they are nightmare types of games, but. Um, they, are, they can be the catalyst for something special. It can ignite something if you can galvanise the side, get them together. And as we've seen today, it's a lot easier to be destructive in football than it is to be creative. So if he can get those players and just say, look, do not lose. In mm. one of those games, it might ignite something that leads on to you know, them having a half-decent season due to this, well, given the dreadful start that they've had. I'd like to get something from each of you. What's the key thing that Roy has to get right? What's the one thing he needs to do in those next three games? I'll give you a moment to think. I'll just read out a few of these social media messages. As always, it's your show. Keep them coming. Hashtag PL tonight is, is the, uh, the hashtag to use. 
Um, HLTCO says, we used to pride ourselves on our team spirit, but I would imagine it's almost impossible to keep that when the manager changes so often. Uh, James says, Palace hired a bird to move away from antiquated football, then replace him with a walking antique. Parrish is burying his own club. Daniel, I've never felt so disheartened watching Palace. We must be the easiest team to play against, devoid of ideas, destined for the drop. Chris, this was supposed to be our easy start. We are now in dire trouble. Pete, I'm really worried for Roy. Three more games like that and he'll be out of a job too. Joseph, the result seems to indicate what we all knew all along. Replacing talented managers with other managers doesn't buy better players. Brilliant point. And finally, Arthur, if Roy is the answer, what on earth was the question? It's difficult to feel sorry for Crystal Palace. Well, look, Roy is the answer. So what is the one thing that you want to see, or that he needs to do over these next three games? Just to reiterate, City, United and Chelsea. Apart from score. <laughs> they need to score at some point, don't they? No, look, he's, he's got to get the squad on board. You know, get on the training, uh, training pitch, get some confidence into this side, get them together. The only way you get out of these tough situations is being, being out there, being in it together and digging yourself out of the hole. Yeah, they've got to get organised, haven't they? Uh, the, the fixtures dictate to how they're going to have to play. Those fixtures coming up, they're not going to play open football. No. They're going to have to defend, like I said, two banks of four, get all his ideas across, and his staff, mm. and really set the tone out and see if they can get by hook or by crook a point. Get a point on the board. Yeah. Swansea's got a point today by doing exactly that, and now they, that's something you can just build on. See? Pattern of play when you've got the ball and a pattern of play when you haven't got the ball. So where's the ball going next? So we've got an advantage. So they all play in the same, they're all on the same page. And defensively, how are we going to defend? Mm. Are we going to sit deep? Are we going to press? But everybody's got to get on page one. You can't have one on page one, five of them on page two. I'm trying to think of one positive thing about the situation Crystal Palace are in, but I don't think there is, is there? Uh, I can't think of one right it's now. A mess. No, it is, it, is, it is a bit of a shambles. Right what are the now? players thinking? Oh, well, you tell, what well, are they thinking? Problem. Well, yeah. well, for example, Saha, winger, he's playing five-a-side football. Alan Pardew's the manager. Sam Allardyce comes in and tells him, put the ball in the space and you two run after it. If you don't run after it, I'll take you off. He finds it hard to get Saha to do that because he's, he's putting balls into spaces, not playing to feet. The ball comes in and then tells the full-backs, don't be putting the ball up there. Start playing it into midfield. Do not give the ball away, kicking it up the channel. Impossible. Now Roy's come in. And Roy's going to have to decide, does he go the Sam Allardyce route or does he go the Ronald Ball route? Because the players are just all over the place. Is there a football in Brary? <laughs> Is there what? A football in Brary? <laughs> They're going to be so confused. <laughs> we should all check in, shouldn't we? I mean, it's it a, well, mad, mad situation. a mad yeah. situation. OK, um, I'm afraid it doesn't get too much more positive now because we're going to carry on talking a little bit about Spurs. Obviously, nothing like the same situation as Crystal Palace, but frustration today for Maurizio Pochettino and he's now emerged from the Spurs dressing room and is with Des. There were a couple of contentious penalty calls. A handball by Olsen. Also, Aurier near the end looked like his heels were clipped. Yeah, it was so strange, the, the decision of, uh, of Mike. Um, I never liked to speak about the, the referee. But it's true, when, if you didn't see, if you're not sure, not, sure, not sure about the decision, it's better not take the decision because I, I was watching uh, just now uh, the three action uh, from from uh, now from the channel, but uh, I think it's strange to try to justify humble to Aurier when it was chess. <laughs> if you didn't see, you say, okay, I, I believe that this uh, humble, okay, foul, and no problem. But no, try to justify uh, was and 
uh, when was uh, was in Humboldt, when you say no, was Humboldt, no, in the middle in the middle of the pitch. That is so strange. From the referee, you cannot uh, justify the, the decision. The decision are the decision. Agree or not agree, always full respect to the to the referee. Thank you, Richie. You're welcome. It's important, you know, that Maurizio, in his own head, doesn't doesn't just blame the referee for today's result, isn't it? He has to look at the reasons for Spurs' failure to break down this Swansea team. Yeah, most definitely. He'll look at the bigger picture. But, you know, they're the decisions that should have gone his way and that changes the game. And we're sitting here saying about, you know, two back-to-back wins here at, at, at Wembley and now we're saying they haven't, you know, they've only got another point out of the game. It's a big decision. He kept his head there. Yeah. He kept his head. But he'll be looking at the bigger picture, yeah. You know how he feels, eh? I know yeah. how he feels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you forgot about all the missed chances. You forgot mm. all the bad passes. All you can think about is the referee has cost us a game. OK, and a, a message that's coming from Big SWB on social media. Harry Kane hits the bar with an open goal. Delhi headers the ball into no man's land when he has a clear chance. But yes, all Mike Dean's fault, of course. Interesting. Three-word match reports. Try and guess who Ryan supports. <laughs> Champions League qualification. Spurs. Newcastle. <laughs> and they just put in I brackets now. He just said brackets, getting carried away. Right. Um, what have you got? I, I've got one for you to. Uh, that I'm sure you're going to get right. Still can't defend. Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah, got to be Liverpool. Yeah, that was Steve Owen on Twitter. Uh, Ryan also says same old Liverpool. Okay, what about Joshua? Who's his team? Scared, boring, dreadful. Palace. West Brom. Oh, yeah. Good guess. Yeah. <laughs> We've got Nick here saying get Parish out. Well. Which is slightly harsh. We've got Matt Pratt, dull, dull, dull. And the hashtag is actually Pulis is shocking. And they've been West Brom I mean, with their start of the season. When Tony Pulis took over at West Brom, they were in desperate trouble. If he'd have walked on the pitch with a mic when the crowd was full yeah. and said, hands up, if I keep you up, it doesn't matter how we play. They were all put their hand up. Yeah. The minute you start getting a few results, we're not playing like Barcelona. Mm. Tony Pulis keeps West Brom in the league. You did that at Norwich, didn't you? What, walked out on the pitch? Yo, your hand up. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, because it's Premier League tonight, unfortunately. Tonight, Norwich never gets a mention anymore. Um, it was a, a good game last night, Friday night's football. Uh, it was Bournemouth picking up what was a vital win for them up against Brighton. Uh, it looked good, didn't it, for Brighton for a time, with the, with the goal from Solly March. But they just couldn't capitalise on the fact that they took the lead. And then it was some interesting play from Jordan Ibe. No assists in the whole of last season. Two assists last night. A lovely touch there and a brilliant finish from another former knowledge player, would you believe, Andrew Sermon. And then it was Jermaine Defoe's the crucial goal, making it 2-1, doing what he does so often. This crucial, is. wasn't it? Crucial for them last night. He was, and you know what? Jermaine didn't have this a kick all game, but this is what he's there for. Bang. Big moment, Three one chance, bang, back It looks so simple. I mean, like you were one of the most beautiful footballers to watch, Glenn. That, is the, that looks so simple, but you sit there going, look at that. Look at Why it, is that so lovely for you? Just to let it run across his body. He didn't have hardly a kick. No, I didn't. watched the first half of that game and I felt sorry for him. He was running it. He, he, but you know, give him one chance. I am so surprised that one of the top six teams yeah. in this country haven't took him and, and, and got him back in here. Give him a chance. He'll put Ridiculous. the ball in the net. If he played for Man United this season up front, Definitely. how many goals do you think he'd get? You've got to play, first and foremost. Well, no, coming out of the problem. Well, if, well if he's playing... No, if he plays, how many goals do you think he'd yeah. get? 20? 17 goals? Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's free transfer. He was a free transfer. Coming on from the And bench, we all agree he'd get, he'd get goals. It can only be his age, right? 
I don't know what he it is. Sharp yeah, and he's sharp and hard than when I played with him. He's a fit, he's a fit <laughs> lad. Is, Some yeah. people, you know, they, they run out of steam at 33. This, this fella, he he's keeps himself quicker. fit. And he only needs one chance in a game. Yeah. If he was at United or Arsenal or something and he's coming on for half hour every game, he would get four or five of them sort of chances. What a signing for Bournemouth. Yeah. Amazing. That's Amazing. three points he's got him. There yeah. you go. And not for the last time, I would imagine. Right, let's uh, bring it back to today then. Let's talk Manchester City. This is Paul Bent. He's a City fan. It's a game over here. What a fantastic performance from City. That's probably one of the best I've seen in my lifetime. The football is absolutely immense. It's total football at times. It's one touch, two touch. Everybody knows the positions, pass and move. It's absolutely fantastic to watch. Special mention for De Bruyne. He seems to orchestrate everything in that midfield at the moment. Pass, assist. Everything is absolutely brilliant from him. Unfortunately, he didn't get a goal today. He was substituted after about 60, 65 minutes. But he's in the form of his life. And at the moment, he's probably the best player in the Premier League. And the position De Bruyne is playing in now is working so well for him, isn't it? I mean, he ran back 50 yards today to snuff out an attack for Watford. He was unplayable against Feyenoord in midweek. And he is now becoming the beating heart of that City team. Yeah, they've got options on the ball, which, which is like no other club I've got in this country. Probably, maybe in Europe. Going forward, you just the question mark is when they play against a, a better team and they've got to defend properly. Liverpool got in on numerous occasions in the first 20 minutes last yeah. week. But going forward, they are so exciting. You can see that fan there. He's just, he's just they, loving everything. They didn't concede against Liverpool. I mean, they've now played three games this week, scored 15 goals, not conceded one. I mean, they're scary good. You know, Watford have not been in bad form. Marcus Silva's turned that club yeah. round. Exactly that. You know, I thought today was going to be a tough game for them, yeah. in all honesty. Um, you know... Special mentions, obviously, to De Bruyne and obviously David Silva playing in that midfield area were mentioned there from the fan. Uh, De Bruyne, I felt that since Pep Guardiola has arrived, you know, he's excelled anyway. He had a little bit of a dry spell towards the end of mm. last year. But I think that, that midfield position really suits him. And you can see there just how important they are with Kevin De Bruyne. But it's not only Kevin that's making a difference for them. You know, so often now teams are playing with one up front, aren't they? But they've got a proper partnership going on now between Jesus and Aguero. Aguero's got nine goals this season. Gabriel Jesus has got seven. So, you know, partnerships are, are, can still work. They're I alive think and that's why he's gone up a level in his game. Because as a creative player and a player that looks forward, his first thought isn't to look square or back. He looks forward. He looks, can I hurt the opponent with a De Bruyne, pass? you're talking. Yeah, De Bruyne. Yeah. Now he's got two strikers that mm. have got fantastic movement. Happy days for him. And it, it's just elevated him as a player. And speed of thought. Yeah. Aguero's like speed of thought. I think he's the best striker in the league. Mm. And he gets left out. Yeah. Some games. We've got some messages, Amazing. actually, for their partnership. Um, Henrietta says Aguero and Jesus is something else. The envy of many teams. As a football purist, it's good to see two up front. What does Dean make of it? I think, I imagine you love it. Well, you've seen what happened today when Son went up with Harry Kane. Once you get a partner alongside you, it distracts defenders and you can get in, you can link with each other. You've got someone next to you. Blaevich says Guardiola was smart to go out of his way to try and get both Aguero and Jesus on the pitch. So much end product. They're the new Suarez and Sturridge. Um, Aguero and Jesus, one of the best Premier League combos I've ever seen. Guardiola showing why he only needed a season to dominate the Premier League. It's early days, but who knows. Uh, back to Kevin De Bruyne. Leo says Kevin De Bruyne is levels ahead of anyone on the pitch right now. He's the complete player. Kevin De Bruyne is easily in the world's top five players, says Jay. Would you agree with that? On current form, I mean... We'll have, to see, we'll have to see how he does this season oh, in the Champions League. Well, this is the toughest right. league in the world, isn't it? We agree that. This is the toughest league. And he's, toughest one, yeah. And, and, he's, and he's doing it in this league. Sure. Lewis says, um, call me Barst or whatever, but De Bruyne is by far the best player in the league. How much would JJ love to play with him? It'd be a dream, yeah. You'd make him look good, wouldn't you? He'd make me look good. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Matthew says Aguero, De Bruyne and David Silva look insanely good at the moment. And uh, thank you, Matt Lockley. He says it takes a while to see, but Pep has improved every player. Sterling, Aguero, De Bruyne, Stones, Otamendi, Silva, more to come. It's only a few weeks ago people were moaning that Pep just goes and buys expensive players. Mm. I think, just to put a little bit of a damper on it, I, I love the way they play going forward, but everyone thought they'd won the league after 10 games last year, if you remember. Yeah. Everyone was saying, oh, no one can stop City, and look what happened. They're going to be challenged to defend better, and I can see if they don't you know, get it right, balance the balance right defensively, then they're going to be asked some questions, and that's the key moment when they're playing the top, top teams in Europe and the top teams in the Premier League. And the Liverpool result hasn't changed your thinking because no, Liverpool because were a man down? or man down, 10 men. Right. Before that... They still smashed them, before, No, but before that, Liverpool got in on three or four occasions quite easily without doing too much. And that's just the Achilles heel. If they put that right, then my word, I think they'll romp the league. I think Salah, they'll win it anyway. Salah's uh, done that right-hand side against mm. Otamendi mm. before he, uh, Mane yeah. got sent off. They found a weakness. Yeah. No team's perfect, though, are they? You know. No, you, no, I mean, no. like the manager's learning himself as he's going along. Some, some teams won't let you play out from the back. Yeah. Should we talk Newcastle? Yeah. yeah. Another win for them today. Let's hear from Lee. He's a Newcastle fan. So Newcastle are climbing the league, three wins from three, delayed, everybody's delighted. Oh man, well you know the start of the season, two defeats from two and then we've got three wins from three and look, look where we are on the table. I know it's early days and Newcastle fans are absolutely delighted. The change, oh man, what a performance by Jamal Lascelles again, he's come on leaps and bounds and continues that performance. England call is going to be reckoning. You know, two defeats from two at the beginning of the season, I mentioned Rafa Benitez, has turned things around, there's the spirit, there's the togetherness amongst the club. You know, we didn't get anybody in the door, but you can see that togetherness, the fight. Oh, man, they're absolutely delighted. Get in. Yeah, the main thing is, uh, is that the togetherness and um, the work rate, the character, uh, the whole team, the connection with the fans, because the fans, they appreciate that. I, I think I put in the uh, programme notes that, um, that this is something really important. Players that want to stay, want to fight, want to, to defend the black and white shirt. So, and uh, they are doing that. That is uh, really, I think the, pan, the fans, they appreciate that. And uh, for us uh, to do this every week and the captain leading by example is uh, something that uh, you have to be really pleased. And you do have to be. I mean, Jamal Lascelles, we made captain of a club like Newcastle. You know the amount of pressure that comes with playing there and captaining that football club. Mm. 22. And he does look brilliant, doesn't he? He does. I know Jamal as well from his time at Forest and um, you know he, he was he was hungry then and he had the right appetite he's got the right mentality you know for the job at hand I felt that last year in winning the league he was instrumental and I think he's one of those players that the rest of the, the team they really look up to and kind of know that they can lean on him uh, in times of need and his last two performances have just been sensational not only you know from a defensive point of view but to you know to get two winners um, you know from centre half I mean you don't lead by example any more than that as a centre-off. So I think he's, um, yeah, he's had a really good couple of games and uh, things are looking good for Newcastle. Uh, Lee got in touch on social media and said, crisis? What crisis? I mean, it's only a few weeks ago that it felt like a crisis at Newcastle. Uh, meanwhile, Richard says, we have Rafa Benitez, fourth in the Premier League. They were fourth before the late kickoff. What a time to be alive. How much credit for what's happening there goes to the manager? Oh, very much so. But I think what he's done, he's got a good dressing room. I think there's been a question mark about the dressing room in there. He's got a young captain there who's leading by example. But having good pros in there now, I think they went through a few years where it was a little bit disruptive behind the scenes. That's very difficult for any manager if you've got that disruption. But I think they're all, they're all 
on the same wavelength. Mm. They've got that passion up there and they're living off that passion of that crowd. And uh, there was a time when I think they went out on the pitch there a little bit apprehensive. Now they can't wait to play in front of that crowd. And when you play like that as a footballer and a team, that's the formula and the chemistry you want. As a, as a manager, is it almost not more frustrating for Rafa Benitez that he made all those pointed comments in the press to say, I need more players, I need more investment, I need more help from the owners. They bought one player, Murphy from Norwich, worth more than £10 million this summer. As great as the last three results have been, is he not sitting there thinking, imagine what I could do if they'd have actually let me buy the players I wanted. It, it almost increases that centre of frustration, doesn't it? Then? Well, knowing him, and he's not happy finishing half at the league, he'll, he'll be thinking now, I hope they don't think that's me done and, I, and that we've got mm. enough. Mm. Yeah. We still need players. We're not papering over the cracks at the minute. But three wins out of five games, you're fourth in the league. Yeah. Why couldn't Crystal Palace have done that? They only had to win. They sacked the manager. Yeah. As a, as a manager, is he going to the board now and already saying to them, listen, guys, don't think that this is, that this is all good. We're pulling out some amazing results and the guards are doing brilliantly well, but we need to invest. Just keeping I, that message. I think he'd have done that as soon as the, the window yeah. shut, even before the, this little nice little run that they're in. He'd have been saying, hey, whatever happens, don't, don't think I'm satisfied with this. These are the players I want and, and go and build this squad. Yeah, he, look, he's not overly happy about the situation, but Mike Ashley's been pretty clear. You know, I think they heavily invested last year when they was in the championship um, and he's been clear in saying, look, I will reinvest any money that comes into the club. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Do you think that's it, what he's been told? Or do you think he said to him, look, when we get in the Premiership, we'll have a go for it? Well, I don't know what he I, I think the fact happy. That, I think the fact that he was unhappy tells me that he was probably told, we'll, we'll have yeah. a go. But, you know, obviously circumstances change in business and, you know, as it stands, he's doing a fantastic job with what he's got and giving himself a great argument in January to say, listen, give me a yeah. bit more. We've both been there. It's what a club when you're winning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't yeah. play for a better club when you're winning. Amazing. Um, and the final, uh, I think the tweet of the day actually goes to NUFC banter. Premier League goals this season. David Silva, Hazard, Coutinho, Ozil, Sanchez, Mata, Mares, none. Jamal Lascelles, <laughs> two. In a moment, we're also going to be talking about what you miss about your club's old ground. If you want to join in the conversation while we're chatting, just use uh, hashtag PL tonight. Any field match reports rolling in? Yes. Um, Twitter name is Follow the Bear, actually. Um, but Love that. Bring back Rafa. Another unhappy Liverpool fan, okay, by the way. What looks was that? Of it. Bring, follow the beer. Follow the beer. That's what you're doing in about 10 minutes <laughs> in the Royal Box, aren't you? Yeah. Every uh, time we do a game here, Glenn's like, whoosh, straight no. over there. What about this one? Catch up with get, the, catch up you with never the boys. invite us, though. Just catch up with the boys. <laughs> what about oh, this right. one here, anyway? Dilling Lingham, uh, Ling, I think it says, sorry. Yeah. Drop Deli Alley. Based on. I mean, that's, this is ludicrous. He can't it? be a Spurs yeah. fan. I mean, I, just, I, mean I, just, I was that shot. It is, it says hashtag TFC. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Nick Laverick, City. Complete total football. Um, yeah, so. Oh, yeah, so complete yeah, total football yeah. is the three-word yeah, match yeah, report. Manchester City football, yeah, fan. Yeah. OK, right. Uh, let's talk then about things you miss about your old ground. We'll hear from the guys in a second. But first, as always, we'd like to hear from you. Whitehall was an absolute fortress for us. The atmosphere was absolutely incredible, especially during big London derbies, big European nights, games like that. Well, going to Highbury, I always felt like I was among friends and family, being looked after by the Arsenal family. Going to the Emirates, I feel like I'm a customer being served at a sporting outlet. It took a very long time to get the atmosphere built up at the King Power Stadium. The Premier League win obviously helped with that and European Knights two of last season. But I, along with many other Leicester fans, would probably take Filbert Street back at the drop of a hat. It felt different because everyone is angry just at the team, more often than not. 
Now it's you're angry at the stadium, you're angry at the match day experience, you're angry that everything's different, you don't know the same people that you can moan to. You walk out and instead of having Queen's Market and the Bolin pub, you've got like a helter-skelter thing over there and a sort of weird swamp down there you can't see. Obviously it feels like it affects the team quite a lot, but that's not going to be an issue this year because we've got a 100% home record and that's not changing. Very good. <laughs> that tickled us in here. Oh. It, it is horrible, though, for the fans when you don't feel a connection to your ground, isn't it? It just doesn't feel the same going to football. It might be my fault, you know. I've just been thinking. Go on. <laughs> I started at Swansea. The Vetchfield's gone. Gone. I went to Brighton. The Goldstone ground's gone. <laughs> I went to Oxford. The Manor ground's gone. Yeah. I went to Derby. The baseball, baseball. ground's gone. I yeah. bankrupt all of them. <laughs> or you're just old. I paid for the new stadium. Yeah. There you go, there you go. And Benfica, you played it? Yeah, that's gone. Galatasaray? Yeah. Gone. <laughs> Phillip Park's still there, Anfield's still there. <laughs> Perfect. Um, they've got to be careful though, Tottenham, haven't they? Because you almost sense that whatever they do with the redevelopment of White Hart Lane, then it's not, of course, like West Ham, because West Ham have completely moved to somewhere built for yeah. athletics. Yeah. It's still not going to be the same for a while. For a while, yeah, maybe. But it is on the same plot. It's, yeah. it's been a, Half of the old White Hart Lane is going to be a part of the stadium. So mm. it's, it's there. It's familiar. You know, the, the fans will know it's the same trip Correct. to go to the stadium. It's, uh, yeah, they've got to get the environment on the pitch and everything. I think coming to Wembley has just been a bad timing. It's just, you know, they've, they've done what they've done the last couple of seasons, put... They've got a really great squad now, strong squad. Mm. Coming here is, is different for them. There's no doubt about it. You've got to say it's a bigger pitch. The environment is not the same. The, the atmosphere is not the same here. And um, it was just it's just unfortunate for Tottenham at this moment in time that the move has happened when it's happened. Glenn, can you remember that goal you scored against Oxford? <laughs> White Hart Lane. That was my last, the the pitch. my last goal. Went yeah, round yeah. Peter Rucker. Yeah. I was playing that You game. played in that game. Yeah. Scored a tapping, never gets mentioned. <laughs> No you told me about three times He's since you've been in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a one-man PR machine. I love it. <laughs> um, it. I suppose it is difficult, though, for players when, when you move grounds and stuff. I remember Thierry Henry talking about life at Highbury, and he used to talk about, didn't he, when he, get, when he got the ball, his peripheral vision when he was about to go, he sort of knew whereabouts he was in the stadium and so, therefore, on the pitch because of where he was. Then, of course, they moved to the Emirates and it, it was completely different and he felt lost. The thing is, the pitches have just got bigger. That's why. And Highbury, especially, more than any, it was like a five-a-side pitch at times. Yeah. It was so compact and so... Um, just everything was on top of you. So you can understand where he was coming from. Then to go to the Emirates and all of a sudden the stadium and everything's so much more vast. Um, but, you know, being Thierry Henry, didn't find it too hard to make the transition in the end, did he? Hard for him isn't like hard for other people, is it? No. When you guys come to stadiums like this, do you walk in and think, that is beautiful, that is fantastic? Or do you miss the sort of the atmosphere and exactly what Jermaine was talking about, the hostility of those old grounds? Well, the hostility is there on those grounds. You know, I think now White Hart Lane's been... Brought down. There's only Goodison, really, that you yeah. think is back in the old, you know, like a, an old-fashioned, great atmosphere as you get there. You did it at the lane. You, you, they haven't got that here at Wembley, and I'm not sure they're going to get it. Um, but then look at the opponents coming to Wembley. I think it's a massive lift to any team. Any player that hasn't played at Wembley yeah. is looking... For, I don't care what the results have been beforehand, how well we're playing or how not. I'm playing at Wembley today, and that's going to give you a lift, and uh, Spurs have got to match that. Well, I, I spoke to Sam Klukas before the kickoff, right? And uh, I said, "You're going to have a tough game today." He goes, "Yeah, nice pitch, but great stadium, innit?" Mm. So yeah, they all must think like that. But this is covered a very brief tangent. You said that when you had Sam, you played him up front. Yeah, 
Was that because that's what you decided to do, or he came through as a striker? Or I mean, I, you've both got, you've both worked with him. Uh, Glenn had him as well, but he played up front. Paul Cook was manager before I got there. Played him up front, and if he'd score, and then he put him at left back. He was that good at left back. He could play left yeah. back, left side midfield, up front. He's even played centre back in a few games. He but played, today he just sacrificed himself. He played in all that position right the way down the left, and he played up front for us in Secunda B in Spain when we yeah. took over the the academy. Played in there. He, he was wonderful. What was he like when you ended up working with him? Because he was that wasn't the highlight of his career, was it? That was a tough no, time. Of course for him. not. It was about his development. He came out and he had been released from Lincoln, yeah. and he felt that his you know that he was unjust. He felt that he could make it, and he had a desire about him that was incredible in his work ethic. He worked, he took everything in. That's what I liked about Sam. Sometimes even pros that you worked, top pros, you mm. can tell them things and they forget at the moment of truth, which is needed out on the pitch. Sam was somebody that actually could take in information, then go out and, and, and do it on the pitch, which yeah. is the vital thing. That was a proper tangent, but we're good at going off on tangents on this show. <laughs> uh, Martin says, as a Saints fan, the Dell was so special. Tight, compact and amazing atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Helen, sitting on the wall at the front of the main stand enclosure and being so close to the players at Filbert Street was something else. Um, thanks for your message, Chris. Character and atmosphere, he's a Leicester fan, so obviously talking about Filbert Street as well. Joe Ashley being so close to the pitch, I'm now miles away, he's a hammer. Uh, Bill, who's a Spurs fan, says, everything, I want to wake up from this nightmare I'm in and we're still at White Hart Lane and this... Is all one horrible dream. And Sean, I still miss being, un uh, miss being, I miss un being unbeaten at White Hart Lane. Spurs is our passion. What do I miss about our old ground? Winning games. Bring back White Hart Lane. Talking of old grounds, is there a place that you remember either going to where you had an interesting bit of interaction with the away fans or the home fans or maybe those old dressing rooms? Go on, Glenn. Uh, <laughs> what stood out for, for you? West Ham Tottenham, it was, I was corner taker as well. Uh, the old Upton Park, yeah. Go and take a corner there. I got grabbed in. I got pulled in one one night. They <laughs> nearly got me in there. So uh, down at the chicken run, down in that yeah. corner there, that was that was. Did it affect you? Did it affect your performance? Or no, not? I didn't take any more corners after. <laughs> <laughs> Dean, what about you? Any old dressing room? Uh, I, could, any old no, I can remember playing at the baseball ground, and and uh, one of the fans beat me in the air. He <laughs> was that close what? to the pitch. They were that close to the pitch. The track was about that wide. Yeah. So the grass stopped there, and then the track was that way, and then you're in the front row. Yeah. And one of the fans had got over the side of the pitch, and the ball was hanging right diagonal I out to me. I love that. And the fan came out of the crowd and <laughs> challenged me, beat me in the air. Got, I mean, got look at the, the difference ground. here. I mean, there's now, for life. It's like a little tractor. They call them a gator. I mean, there's yeah. a gator driving alongside the pitch there. There's these huge fans. I mean, they're yards away, aren't yeah, they? They are. Being young, you probably don't remember all these old grounds, do you? I don't, mate, no, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, there was one, well, Highbury, for example. I remember when I was a kid, they had this, well, I thought it was a myth that they, uh, they had a heated kind of floor in the dressing room, but yeah. they actually did. You had a yeah, night, yeah. as soon as you come out of the shower, nice heated floor when you come in out. August, you were like, oh. Yeah. What, what about away dressing rooms? Because the trick then was make it cold or make oh. it swelteringly hot, cold water. Where was the worst Burnley. to go? No, the best was uh, when Becky was at Cambridge. John Beck, yeah. John Beck was at Cambridge, the... It was freezing cold. There was dust everywhere. There was balls that were like 100 years old. To, to, <laughs> to not, it was incredible what he did, yeah. When you said the best, Freezing you cold the worst. showers. Yeah. Plough Lane, Wimbledon. The dressing room was this big. Yeah, yeah it was, yeah. <laughs> 16 of you in there. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks for listening to the Premier League Tonight podcast. We're back next week as Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool travel to Leicester next Saturday. And if you enjoyed this week's show, please leave a review and a five-star rating on iTunes.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 